0: hello it's Ran, and this is cfg podcast i just want to welcome you all and introduce the up and coming series of q and a's and live testimonies where i'll be sitting down with born again blood-washed holy spirit filled children of god pastors and the flock and as a talk with them about their walk with Jesus Christ. So subscribe to the YouTube channel and share with your friends and most importantly the unsaved. The Lord bless you all. Hello and this is the CFG podcast. The Christ, Faith, Grace podcast. And uh, this man needs no microphone. I've been to his church. I've heard him preaching before. This man needs no microphone. And... Um, and uh, you could hear him from from up in the car park um, but praise the Lord for his preaching Omega ministries pastor Tom Tommy McKinstry and um we just had a bit of fellowship there a uh, bit of prayer a bit of worship and um, he was just filling me in on some stuff that that might be brought up and we were just talk talking about some stuff and um, I'm excited to, to hear of how he's going to glorify the Lord, uh, that that the Lord has led him into missionary work and <clears throat> stuff that he has seen the Lord do, healing and uh, deliverance and, and um. Oh, I'm just excited to hear what he's going to say and uh, I don't have to say it to him, I know he's going to glorify the Lord throughout this testimony and just throughout this podcast and we're just going to welcome our guest now pastor tommy mckinstry how you doing tom
1: god bless you brother
0: um so do you want to just let the spirit lead then do you want to take Um, take over
1: god bless you i want to thank brother ryan for this opportunity and this privilege it is a privilege to come and share your testimony and experiences what the Lord's done and I, I don't class myself as anything I believe that Jesus Christ is everything Joseph Smith was a Elam preacher when I was just a little boy and Joseph Smith I heard him say one night he said that Moses was 40 years learning the wisdom of the Egyptians down in Egypt and then Moses was the next 40 years on the back side of the desert learning to be a shepherd but then he was the next 40 years learning that God was everybody mm-hmm. and it's God that is our everybody in that sense we're nothing it's only through him and if I can say someone that will help someone encourage someone that's what I'm here for you know I was talking to a man this very week he was suicidal he said he was going to get a rope and hang himself and he said you might hear about it, you'll know what's happened. And I, I told him not to do it and I shared with him some of the things I'm going to share the day. How that I heard the audible voice speak to me in a jail cell and that voice said I love you and gave myself for you. Mm. And you know there's a lot of what I call hate preaching. I I don't really go with that. I believe the gospel is a gospel of good news. Amen. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world. Amen. And it is God's love that we want to try and present to men and women, regardless of the pit of despondency they're in, whether it's drugs, prostitution, alcoholism, some type of perversion. Jesus Christ can deliver from the guttermost to the uttermost. Amen. And the Word of God says He's a Saviour of all men, especially of those that believe. And Paul the Apostle was really chosen of God, but yet he persecuted the church. He said of sinners, whom I was the chief. And I guess for me, that would be a true saying, but I thank the Lord for His mercy. Amen. you know I was brought up in a home where we were sent to Sunday school we were sent along to the free Presbyterians my father was actually a backslidden preacher he was an evangelist but unfortunately the church he went to had two, two false brethren in it but they were preachers and he entrusted them and they'd done a lot of things behind his back and it really took the legs from under him at that time, and I can't remember him back then serving God really. I was brought up in a home my dad would come home drunk. You know we were brought up rough and ratty, and I we were sent along the the Free Presbyterian Sunday School at that time. But really, the turning point in my life was. In 1984, and in 1984 I attended a little mission at and Gospel Hall. And at that mission there was an old preacher by the name of Robert McCluskey, as far as I can remember. And he preached that mission, and I was the only conversion at them meetings. And he thought, you know, it wasn't a very successful meeting because I was the only one that they knew of that got saved but I come under real conviction during the, that time and I remember it was a winter of 1984, it was a heavy fall of snow and I remember I worked for a farmer and he brought me home in a Mercedes car and in the front of that car I called on the name of the Lord and was saved. Amen. I went on for several years and attended the brethren assembly and i want to say thank god for the brethren people they really preach the part of the gospel on salvation i know they don't go into the full four square which i believe in but they do preach salvation Mm -hmm. and I, i think that's the most important thing is salvation of the soul and you know what? I went on and I went on well for a time but I remember we were going to Port Rush to see the motorbike racing and my friends were all getting alcohol I didn't drink but they said to me to get cider and of course I didn't realize at the time but when I drank the cider I was drunk and the devil completely condemned me so much that I never went back to church and fell away from the things of God and my life spiralled worse and worse I got involved in robberies armed robberies I chummed with some fellas one of them is not here today I'm not going to go into any names or details but I used to stay in his house and we were involved in a lot of different things. I remember one night my mother wakened and she said to my dad Tommy's dead and my dad was backslidden and he said we can't believe that and she had a dream that and she saw me in a yellow jumper with blood all over it and we had a massive car crash that night me and this other fella and we probably should have been dead but I remember the car tipped over upside down it was a high-speed crash over 100 miles an hour and we got out of it I, i had to break the windows and climb out and we got out and we were drunk but i remember a presence coming over my body on the road and a voice spoke to me and the voice said to me clearly if my hand wasn't upon you you would be dead things went from that to worse and I ended up in high bank jail. And in high bank jail I really had got to the low state. I'd fallen out with my father. I'd left home for some time. I was running in the wrong company. Doing the wrong things. I ended up in high bank jail. And I really thought nobody loved me. I was suicidal. I want to end my life. All those fellas that I chummed with which i thought were my friends not one of them ever visited me in jail only my father came to see me in jail and i remember there was a bible in the cell i was locked up at night by myself it was 1989 it was almost november time my birthdays in november coming towards the winter time and i remember Wanting to start to read the Bible, but somebody had wrote over the Bible IRA. So when they came in the room and saw the Bible and somebody had written over it, they took the Bible out of the room, they took it away, and I had no Bible, and I was really desperate. And I thought, How can God speak to me when there's no Bible in my room? And I remember going to bed in depression suicidal with all sorts of things going through my life thought nobody loved me nobody cared for me and i remember waking. i i'm not sure of the time but it was in the early hours of the morning maybe one o'clock 12 o'clock i don't know but my cell was closed and i could hear like a man's footsteps walking across the floor of the jail cell and felt an audible hand, an actual physical hand, touch me in the shoulder. And a voice spoke to me. And that voice said to me, I love you. And gave myself for you. Now want you understand this, a man that's a sinner. That's not serving God, but yet God loved me. And I really believe that this is one of the greatest revelations for Christians. Not just for the unsaved, but for those that's saved is the love of God. Christians need to understand that God's love never changes up or down. You'll feel God, you'll let God down. All of us have done that. We've all had times of backsliding and different things in our lives but the love of God never changes. It stays and remains the same all the time. That voice said I love you and give myself for you and I want to tell you I didn't jump round the cell and run about. I was paralysed with fear on the bed at this presence, at this voice and I I couldn't move for a long time. I just wept and you know I was in fear The such an awesome presence had come in the room. And eventually I I slipped out of the bed onto my knees and I cried to God. I cried out to the Lord for mercy, for restoration, that God would restore me. I knew I'd called on the name of the Lord to be saved. And I believe once you're saved, you're always saved for time and all eternity. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen every single night for the next 10 nights that same experience would happen and i only can say like a servant of god said one time that i was only there when he came i had nothing to do with this coming this presence of the voice i was only there when he came it was nothing of my choosing it had to be god's doing God's choosing I began to dream during this time I would dream of preaching in front of many black people in a foreign country African people and I really thought many times that my mind was gone. I'd lost my mind I, I really was confused at times but the Lord every night this presence this voice would say the same thing i love you and gave myself for you i want to tell you you know unknown to me at the same time that i was in high bank jail at the same time god was speaking to me god had moved on my father at the very same time my father was backslidden for 18 years smoked a pipe drank and he went away out to an old forest to seek God. And he was wanting to seek God because of the state I was in. And the devil said to him, how could God talk to a man like you with a pipe in his top pocket? And he thought, well that's true. And he came home really deflated and condemned. That evening when he came home and came into the house and there's eight of us. There's eight of us in the family. Children. My mom and dad's ten. And. He saw on the floor. With different toys. Would have been on the floor. But. He noticed a pen on the floor. And he lifted this pen. And he read it. And this is what it said. On the pen. And here the day when I came. Brother Ryan had this on a badge. On his desk. Be still and know. That I am God. Amen. On that one scripture. What was on a pen. That transformed my dad. Not only did that transform my dad. But he took from that. That that was God directly speaking to him. Concerning me. And God had spoken his end. And God had spoken my end. And when we met again. When I got out of High Bank Jail. I was a changed man. I want you to know that. A changed man. My father was a changed man. We began to prayer meetings in our living room. And there would be some tremendous visitations of the presence of God. In my mother's living room. My brothers began to get saved. People began to get saved. There was an instant witness. Instant. Going out and telling others what Christ had done. And I remember, you know, several months after this I was still struggling with some things in my life and I seemed to have no power over. And I remember going into my room, I said to the friend, this is it, it's over, I will meet God today. And I closed myself in the front room in my mother's house, a little bedroom and I waited all day on God and fasted and prayed and right through into the night and that evening that presence came and the voice spoke to me and it said isaiah 1 18. and i got my bible and i read isaiah 1 18 and here's what it says come now and let us reason together saith the lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as the snow Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as the wool. Verse 19. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured. For the mouth of the Lord have spoken it. And I really believe, brother, that evening, in the middle of the night, God gave me an ultimatum. Either to serve him, or I would be devoured. That's what I believe. And I turned from that day to this. That was 1989, and I have served the Lord. From that time, I have not been disobedient. To the calling God's give me, I have served the Lord. From that time, Amen. You know, the sad thing was, I had lots of convictions. Because of the life I had lived, I had car convictions. I'd An an offence coming up which was driving a car whilst disqualified. I knew it would be a jail sentence. And you know when the police came and they wanted to know was I driving or not. I didn't answer them and then it was going to go to court. And I said to my dad, dad what am I going to do? And my father lifted the Bible. And he said, Tommy if you're going to go by this book. You know what you need to do. And that was tell the truth. Even though telling the truth meant I was definitely going to get put in jail again. I had to tell the truth. Now I want to tell you this, in between that, I was facing a jail sentence. I knew it. I was determined to tell the truth. I was determined to serve God. My uncle Bobby McKinstry, God really used Bobby at that point in my life. And I remember Bobby on a Sunday evening took me down to Whitewell Metropolitan Church. And it wasn't the new building there is now, it was the one before that. And I'm not sure how many would have been in the building. But it was packed to capacity, they were in the foyer. There was no seats left, the hallway was packed. Everywhere was packed and Pastor McConnell come out and preached. And I was to his right up on the balcony. And during the service that night, Pastor James McConnell stopped in the middle of his message. And he pointed straight at me in the balcony. And there's no way that man knew me. I didn't know him. He definitely didn't know me. He said, There's a young man sitting in the balcony tonight, and your heart's right with God, but you're facing jail. And he said, The Lord's called you. And the Lord is a work for you. And there's going to be a very special presence of God with you in the jail.
0: Amen. Please and I know. tell you,
1: I went to court and my solicitor told the judge. In his words I'd got religious and all these things and the judge hit the hammer and gave me three months in the Crumlin Road Jail. It was appealed and at the end of it I got two months in the Crumlin Road Jail. But I want to tell you during that two months God's presence was with me in a very very special way. I come out of jail. I was going at this time to the Nealham Pentecostal Church in Banbridge and also there was a man called David Robinson and house services I used to attend them and I would sometimes be asked to speak at those meetings and visitors came there in 1991 and I ended up going with them on a missionary trip and I never come back for six months that was my first missionary trip i was away for six months i traveled from dublin into france and switzerland czechoslovakia and i could tell you so many testimonies on that very first journey what the lord done and people got saved and delivered and i didn't mention but also i closed myself in the bedroom and i prayed for the baptism of the holy spirit and god baptized me with the Holy Spirit and when he did my neighbor next door said to my mom she said Ray what was going on in your house last night because we could hear it in our house when God filled me with the Holy Spirit I didn't need to ask anybody whether they knew or not I knew I got it and the neighbors next door knew as well amen that I got it.
0: praise the Lord hallelujah. hallelujah
1: and you know I went on that trip and I Preached in Reno, Nevada, Skylar, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Mexico twice on the streets. We preached to the drug addicts, to down and out. I even preached in California and I saw homosexuals delivered under the power of God in California. I hear people talking about homosexuals as if God can't save them. I want to tell you that on this broadcast, God can save a homosexual. Amen. There's no difference and the sin, all sins sin before God. And my Bible says all manner of sin can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And I saw homosexuals delivered by the power of God in California. I'd seen people set free and come to Jesus Christ as their Savior.
0: Amen. Appreciate I came it. home
1: and, you know, I was all excited and thrilled, but... Nobody at home here seemed to want to know anything about my trip. And I was really discouraged, really despondent. I ended up working on a coal lorry for some years. But during that time, I met a man called Gordon Wallace. He's a gospel singer, preaches as well. And we struck up a great friendship. And, you know, but the Lord even used me on the coal lorry. And I seen people saved on the coal run on the coal lorry. God can use you, young man, anywhere at all, young woman. God can use you anywhere at all. If you have a job you don't like, pray that God will use you in it. And God is able to do it. Amen. I then, in 1994, by that time, I started to do our own meetings. We used to meet in Tanikmoor Schoolhouse. I began our own services. I was ordained to the ministry by Pastor Ron Borthick of Scotland. I also went to Canada for Bible classes in 1994, I believe it was as well. I met my wife in 1996 and we got married and it was also a real testimony. I I, I could tell you so many things of how the Lord's led us. But you know, really for me, going to Africa was really fantastic and the Lord led us to Africa many times. Zimbabwe, Uganda, uh, Nigeria as well and Malawi and you know I had wonderful times. In 2003 I went twice and I went in 2005 and in one of those times I went I saw a thousand people give their lives to Jesus Christ over 14 services. Amen. 1,000 people. And you know, people's got saved over the years. People forget. I was reading my little diary here. I have a cousin that comes to our service. She brought her boyfriend to the meeting I did in Donna Cloney Orange Hall in 2002. And she's saved today, and her and that fella's married and they have a lovely family and he's a deacon in our church
0: praise the Lord
1: and it's in my little notepad here that they came along to service in Donna Colonial Orange Hall in 2002 also I remember doing them meetings as well and the man come down dressed in a suit and I won't mention any names but he got saved and he comes to our services today God has saved people over the years two of my younger brothers came to the Lord and they backslip, and one of them's come back to the Lord during this lockdown period that we've come through and you know I've had the privilege to see my brother Ian saved and my brother Philip saved Brilliant. and my sisters come back to the Lord as well just some time back and I just thank the Lord and God has used others as well to bring people in and i would never really met James McConnell until he came to my cousin's house and I got an opportunity to meet him and share with him about the word he had given me that night and I think he said I was number 66 if that's right it was number 67 young ministers that God that he had God had used in a way to give a word till and you know I just thank the Lord today we are still doing our meetings we started in 94 we're still going and We just thank the Lord. We don't have our own hall at the moment. And we're meeting at a drive-in venue at Cross on Sunday mornings. And then we're online every Sunday night. On every Wednesday night. But I appreciate your prayers. And I appreciate a brother Ryan here for this opportunity. To share my testimony. You know I want to say this and. Then perhaps her brother want to ask some questions. And If God can save me, God can save anybody. Amen. God can save anybody. You know, sometimes Christians get to the point where they look down the nose at people. And they think they're ever high and so mighty. But the Bible warns us, let him that standeth take heed lest he falls. Every one of us need the Lord every day. That's why the Bible says take up your cross daily and follow Christ. And it is Jesus Christ that saved me. It is Jesus Christ that filled me with the Holy Spirit. And it's Jesus Christ that's healed me on more than one occasion. And that same Lord Jesus Christ when I was in Kenya some years back with a brother Alan Connor from England. We saw a young girl totally blind. And the Lord healed her. Right in the service. And give her mm. eyesight back. We saw another man paralyzed. And God straightened him. And when he got to the platform. He was in absolute shock. And he climbed up onto the steps. He couldn't believe it himself. And he went back down to the steps. And back up several times. Because the Lord straightened his limbs. And healed him. Jesus Christ is a healer.
0: Amen. Yeah, Jesus Hallelujah. Christ
1: is a saviour. And you know if you're tuned in and you get to hear this testimony. I want you to know that the word of God tells us in Romans and in the book of Acts. The book of Joel. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the drunkard. That's the prostitute. That's the homosexual. That's anybody that will come. God so loved the world. Not the chosen few. But the world. And verse 17 tells us. Of John 3 that God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Let me tell you this what an old brother and woman told me if she lives till her next birthday she will be a hundred and two years of age she told me when I could see it she said Tom I'm gonna show you something probably she called me Tom AM but she said come out side the house with me for a moment And I went outside her house and I looked back at her front door and it said on the text whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved now she says come in to the house and I went into the house and then we looked back at the door and when we get inside and we looked up above the door was chosen in him before the foundation of the world. And she says when you're out there it's whosoever. And when you're in here it's chosen in him before the foundation of the world. And I tell you there's no preacher can put you in. And thank God there's no preacher can take you out either. Amen. It's God that calls you. And it's God that brings you, and it's Christ that saves you. God
0: bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, you could have went on there and on there and on and on and on and on. Um, I'd heard your your testimony. Um, from Adelaide, was it uh, Faith Tabernacle Christian Fellowship Brian, Brian Freeborn's and church. I know there was a wee bit of worship at the start of of that meeting and there was was it a, was it a word of knowledge or was it a, a i'm not sure if it was a, a woman brought a, a tongue in the spirit and then she she interpreted her own tongue was it i'm not sure i can't what it was but after the praise and the worship and your testimony and it wasn't you just sitting talking about what all the, the nasty stuff that you'd get up to in your past it, it was mentioned but it was glorifying the lord and anything that you had spoke about um from your past was there was a reason why you were mentioning it was because god was in it and god was there with you through it and it just further develops the the picture where people can see at the end of it all, what you were in, but what Christ saved you from. Amen. He saved you from the dunghill He you put your feet upon the rock, Christ Jesus. On this podcast, I just want this podcast to be open. I want it to be free. I don't want it to be this formal thing. As I said, you there before we, we we came online. Look, if you want to drink a water, take a drink of water. If you want to pour yourself a glass of water, whatever. If you knock the microphone over, pick the microphone up, and we'll Amen. we'll keep our lit um but then the the main purpose of this is to is for the 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 believer but mainly the unbeliever the backslidden the the people who who have no hope even people who are struggling people who need to be encouraged and i just know that throughout this podcast people are going to be encouraged they're going to be blessed and we pray that backsliders will be restored and that people will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Um, see, just what you said there. I just want to man. I just want to talk about this here before we sort of just go go back to the start. You mentioned there that you were speaking to Pastor McConnell. uh I was at a house meeting, was it? Yeah. And yeah. you mentioned number sixty six. So was that was that? Um, Pastor McConnell, you were the sixty sixth person that Pastor McConnell had prophesied over. Yeah, prophesied
1: I, 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 to sixty something. I think it was sixty six or sixty seven. Right. But young ministers that he had saw come full time into the ministry, he said I was another one that he right. didn't know about. Right. To that time, he'd, we'd never physically met. I'd saw him, I'd been to the services uh-huh. some time back, and. You know, the strange thing was as well when when uh, I used to pray where I would take people to go, he would lead me down there. And my brother and his wife, God spoke to them in that white uh, well. And my brother Ian's wife, Rock, as most people would know him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Sister Jenny got saved down there as well. One night we went down. My other brother Philip went one night and I led him to the Lord that evening in my bedroom i read lead rock to the lord in my bedroom
0: praise the lord
1: and uh also you know my younger two brothers came to the lord as well matthew and iron i led them to the lord along with another young father paul in my mother's living room i dreamt about it the night before i saw them in a dream and they came to the lord they did backslide but matthew's come back to the lord i believe iron mm-hmm. will come as well and uh but pastor james mcconnell it was nice to meet with him to talk with him that's not very long ago and uh, just before the really the lockdown situation come in and i got to meet with him and talk with him and uh you know it was really it was really nice to have that opportunity
0: amen praise the lord Um. so um do you want to just take me back do you want to just take us back to some of the times I know you've mentioned briefly there but um, some of the times where you God has worked in your life or God has saved you from stuff and you did, even though it it was so evident or maybe it wasn't evident at the time uh, did you turn a blind eye to that must have been god that saved me from that at that time or did you just think you were lucky or maybe were you just too much of a loose cannon back then to even think about god or
1: uh, no, i know i honestly can say from the depths of my heart from a young boy from a from a very very young age i always had a reverence and a fear for god in my heart uh-huh. And I always wanted to be saved from a young boy and maybe did pray to get saved when I was very young but didn't really understand it. You know and it, is, it really takes a spirit of God. You know the scripture says no man can come, can come except my father off him and no man can know me save to him who the son will reveal him. I think everyone's different of an age understanding some people can get saved young and they do understand it others it it can take longer but it's god's work ultimate work at the end of it and you know i always had a godly fear within me it always a great conviction if i done things wrong i would have a tremendous conviction would come upon me a tremendous fear and even when i wasn't serving god many times that night in the car crash i knew god god's hand was on me but how could i tell others that wouldn't understand it I couldn't explain it I just knew God's hand was upon me you know and maybe, maybe I should tell as well that as a young man I I, uh, I injured my left leg I don't know how I injured it but I remember it was the 13th of July and we, we went to actually scarf domains to see the bonds on the 13th of July and my auntie was the one actually that noticed I, I could hardly walk. She took me to the hospital and that would have been Bobby, Bobby's wife
0: right.
1: and uh, me Auntie Helen and she took me till the hospital. I remember that and they x-rayed me and did tests. I had such tremendous pain in my left leg and it took a long long time for them to find out what was wrong with my left leg and eventually they drained fluid from the kneecap and you know they eventually found out i had two extra bones and the reason i'm telling this is because my dad was really involved in a deliverance ministry and it saw people healed but it backslidden and i remember him saying to me you know if i could take you to a certain man of god he would pray for you and the lord would heal you and i used to say dad tick me but he, he never would take me now i know my uncle John was a Pentecostal man from a young man and I know John was praying for me and I really believe that and appreciate it that right back then and I knew John had been praying for me for my leg and for probably for my salvation as well and you know from from that situation I had a four and a half hour operation on my left leg right. they said I would never walk right and out of complications but you know I had turned out that that Just shortly after that, a couple of years later, I got involved in running. And I know you look at me today and you would think, a big fella my size, how would I run? But I held a record for four years unbeaten in the mile and the cross country. Nowhere. On the 800 metres. And I used to win the 800 metres on the mile at school on the same day for four years unbeaten. Now this was a man that they said wouldn't be able to walk. right? i believe even though they operate i believe god done something and I, I i suppose really i've always had a built-in determination and the defeat for me is a red flag to go harder in a way you know and I, I, it's nothing to do with me in that sense i think god's made it that way
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe with the trials and the different things maybe it has to be that way you know but i just thank god i know he's a healer yeah uh, And you know, I had many experiences in Czechoslovakia. The Lord really led me. You know, I'll tell you this. In Czechoslovakia, I was traveling with a group of missionaries. But I was visited with that presence that I mentioned that came in the jail cell. And that voice told me to separate from the people I was with. And they were going to go into Russia. And the voice told me, thou shalt not go into Russia. he showed me they'd be arrested and they'd have problems and you know they went ahead and I, I, I couldn't go because I felt God told me not to go I was remember sitting in Czechoslovakia around a table and they never spoke no English they spoke in their language in Czech and they really condemned me brother but God let me hear it all in English and this has happened to me on several occasions were languages that I've never learned. I have heard them in English. Right. And God told me everything they said in English. And they went ahead into Russia and they got arrested. The vehicle blew up. The tires bursted. They were smuggling Bibles in. And, and these are the things that happened. And God told me not to go. And I stayed there. And, you know, there was a girl and she was taking me to see her grandparents I was instructed not to preach to them but both of them came to the Lord
0: Mate.
1: both of them got saved and that's happened a lot of times as well I have saw a lot of older grandmothers saved even Amen. in Switzerland as well an old woman I was warned not to preach a word to her I never preached to her I was ready to leave the house to go back home and She said that she wanted what I had and she came to know the Lord as well and people healed as well in different places from different things and we we had tremendous meetings as well in America in 91 I preached for a little church called Glory Temple they actually wanted me to come and take over the pastorship of that church they were going to build a new church they wanted me to come and take over the pastorship of it I was offered to come and pastor Glory Temple has also offered to take over the pastorship of a church in a place called Grass Valley in America as well right. but th- the Lord didn't lead me to to do any of that. I've had opportunities and turned them down because mm-hmm. I, I want to be in God's will and then sometimes you wonder <laughs> have you done the right thing but
0: yeah.
1: you know it is important to be in the centre of, of God's will.
0: Um how how would we i was just writing down a question there um i know that we spoke about this here before we came online as well how do you know that you are in the will of god
1: well the bible says if if uh if you do as well you'll know of the doctrine you know it's it's uh really you just have to know the Lord's leadership, and like you, you had mentioned as well, my sheep know my voice, mm-hmm. and a stranger they'll not follow. And you know, people can have ideas for you or me what they think God is God's will, but it might not be. Yeah, you as an individual have to know the will of God for whatever your situation is, and I believe that we have to be praying, seeking God, and uh, following the leadership of the Holy Spirit and uh many people have given me advice many people have given me words which were
0: false mm-hmm.
1: if I had a uh did them it, it would never worked I had to go with God's will mm-hmm. one man prophesied over me years ago that my wife would be in in Northern Ireland and he gave me a tremendous word and I said well brother if that's true God's never spoke to me yeah because I believed she wouldn't be and she wasn't she was from England so, you know, that's just one thing that's maybe not important, but uh, I believe we, we need to be seeking God. And, you know, God God's Word's the foundation. The Word of God's the foundation. God's not going to get you to do things that's not scriptural.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, people a lot of people claim different things, but if it's contrary to the Word of God, I, I don't believe it. The Word of God has to be the foundation for everything we do. Amen. You know, and uh, that—that's what I believe.
0: So, how do you know that, uh, how like myself, on on um, other people who are only saved, or to anybody that that's saved? How do you know that it's not just you know what what your flesh wants, what that it's not your own ideas that's well, actually in the will of God well mm. when i
1: when i started preaching you know when i felt god called me to preach you know when i say feel it god spoke to me clear mm-hmm. yeah not only did god speak to me god spoke to me through james mcconnell through other people there's a woman from america gave a tremendous prophecy over me
0: so it's been confirmed, it's over, been confirmed and over many and many over. times uh-huh.
1: then i as well prayed yeah and i i when I, we did our very first service The very first proper service we did at at my grandfather's farm. I remember praying and I said Lord I I had a fleece laid out. Some people don't believe you should lay a fleece out but uh, I have no problem with it. It's in the Bible and my fleece was that if God wanted me to do meetings somebody would get saved the very first service. Hmm. That was me asking God to show me if I'm in his will.
0: Some people might say you're challenging God.
1: Well if it was that was it but yeah. the bible says prove me now saith the Lord you know and Malachi it says prove me now saith the Lord and see if I'll not pour out a blessing upon thee that there will not be room enough to contain so God wants us to challenge him right and he wants to challenge us as well so you
0: know I was I mean? actually told never to challenge God or tempt God
1: well and when I say challenge you know you can ask God the bible says ask uh, you know in the t- time of trouble, call upon the name of the Lord; and He'll deliver you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I prayed, I prayed, that God would give me a confirmation and let me know. And the very first service, my cousin came to the Lord. Amen. And my cousin still comes to the services. Praise the Lord. So God confirmed it, and then when I went out to give my testimony and preach in other places, I would pray, if God wanted me to do it, that people would get saved, that God would confirm it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And God did confirm it. Amen. You know, and by the voice, the two or three witnesses, let it be established, line upon line, precept upon precept. But God says, prove me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The word of God says, prove me now. What does that mean? Well, you can prove God. You can ask God. God wants us to prove him. It's like what, you know, confirmation. Here's, here's a, a controversial one with scripture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you do when God says no? What do you actually do when God says no?
0: Hmm.
1: We have a perfect example in the Bible, and I was actually thinking of this this morning before I came. Right. There's an example in the Bible when God says no to faith. Right. That was a woman. That, you know, she wanted God to do something for her, and He said it's not meat to give the children's bread to dogs. Yeah. Because the Jews was God's chosen people. She was. She wasn't a Jew. Right. But she says, Lord, but just throw my little crumb down through the crack. Mm-hmm. She was, she kept at it till she got it. Yeah. Even though he was saying no, she got it because of persistent faith. Look at the unjust judge and the widow woman. And the Bible says the unjust, job, ju- the, the unjust judge wouldn't avenge her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she said, avenge me of mine adversary. And he wouldn't do it, but she kept coming. Mm-hmm. And it says he avenged her lest you weary him God wants us to keep coming keep on knocking keep on coming if we've prayed and it seems there's no answer keep coming keep Amen. coming do you get it keep on coming and if you don't know if you're in God's will pray to you do know? pray to you can have a clear direction and if you don't have a clear direction don't do anything my, my honest opinion is if, if the way is not clear don't do anything Wait on the Lord, the word of God says wait on the Lord They that wait upon the Lord Shall renew their strength
0: And just like your dad's pen, be still That's it,
1: be still knowing I'm God It's God God. that does it, it's God that's in control
0: Amen Uh, I definitely want to ask you this right? See what you said there right? So Pastor McConnell confirmed it uh, Women confirmed it uh, People it was confirmed In many different ways and whatever But you said that you also prayed so you wanted to know were you in were, were you in the will of god and you wanted to know what the will of god was in your life and whatever but you said that you prayed now are these big prayers are these big long dramatic heartfelt felt prayers or was it lord just show me your way
1: well no i i really believe this let me say this i believe that that, especially as a minister, let me say it that way. You know, a minister must have a prayer closet. Right. I believe any man of God or woman that is serious uh-huh. has to have a prayer closet. Mm-hmm. A prayer closet is not a short prayer. A prayer closet is where you get in and you wait in God. You lay before God, and that could be hours. Right. And when you get into that prayer closet, you're not. Time doesn't matter. You're closing yourself in with God. You're waiting yeah. on God. The Bible talks about waiting on God, mm-hmm. not even so much praying, waiting on God. Yeah. And I, I believe probably that's a, a fault with a lot of Christians today that don't spend time waiting on God. We can spend so much time on other things, but we need to spend time waiting on God. Mm. For It's not studying, not reading, just waiting on God, waiting before God. Spending time in the presence of God. The Lord wants us to minister on Him, you know. And it's like the sweet incense is a type of worship. And even in the Old Testament, and the Old Tabernacle, the incense went up before God as, you know, it's a sweet savour before the Lord. And our worship and our waiting in God is a, is an incense before God. And God wants us to wait on Him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wait before Him. Yeah. Now, God might not speak to you for months. People think, click your fingers. Mm. A lot of Christians want to click their fingers to the quick fix Yeah But sometimes it doesn't work like that mm-hmm. I know situations in men of God and have waited years When God told me I was going to Africa I have a clear prophecy uh, maybe, maybe I should read it brother should I? Yeah
0: go for it We have all the time in the world here You know maybe I, There's I should... no time in eternity There's no time in this room But you'll need to get home to the wife maybe <laughs> 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 Some stage
1: but if it's, uh, hopefully it's written in this one if not it's in the there's
0: so many bibles see just while you're looking that up do you know the way you said there about uh what do you call it you could be in the closet for hours and there's no time on it well there's no time in eternity God doesn't go by time so would you say that's why possibly you think possibly that's why you never just never know when God's going to move he could he could Make you wait for hours, you know?
1: It's just that uh, with God, can do it in a moment, you know, and it's the same with the anointing of God. You can't buy the anointing, the anointing of God is awaiting on God. Uh, that one's from the jail cell. So many, it mustn't be in this one, brother. But basically, it was what the Lord said, You know, it called me and I would go to Africa and Asia, and thousands would come. Right. And it would be as a flame of fire, fire and signs and wonders would follow the preaching of the word.
0: Right.
1: Now, that prophecy was given me in 1991, but I never went to Africa to
0: 2003.
1: Right. So I waited 12 years. 12 years even before I went to Africa and uh-huh. I could have went myself before that Yeah, but I I never did that
0: because you went in the will of God you it know. has
1: to be God that does it God mm-hmm. has to open the way
0: mm-hmm.
1: if God calls you to do something he'll make a way for it if somebody says God's called them to do something and there's no way way made for it to, to be done it can't be God God will make a way now if, when there seems to be no way God can make a way yeah. that's another thing you know what I mean God can make a way, like He furnished the table in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. But twelve years I waited, ran, to go to Africa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I knew, twelve years before that I was would go, and then I went many times after that, you know, to Africa, and uh, I'm sure I'll go again. I've made other contacts in different parts of Africa since. Uh, also, uh, uh, there's a young man went with me. He was going to go home on the first trip. He went with me to to Malawi and Kenya. He wanted to go home on his first trip. That young man now has probably went even more times than me since that. That right. was his first journey.
0: Right.
1: He wanted to go home.
0: And well, why do you think that was?
1: God just, he just, it was part of his training. Right. God trains people. You know, God trains people.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You know, some people want to do things for God, but you know, God trains you. God's a way of you, you know what I mean?
0: Um, think was, there was a bit of spiritual warfare was involved in it too, maybe. Maybe he felt, maybe I shouldn't do this, or maybe this isn't for me. Or... Well, the,
1: the accommodations were so terrible, brother. You know, you weren't yeah. in a big fancy hotel.
0: Uh,
1: you know, when you go on the mission field, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I think I said you yesterday, Remember maybe about the lizards.
0: No, you didn't. Oh, you said you were going to mention yeah, it, but, but you didn't. there was two,
1: there was two, there was a group of pastors from Machingo and Zimbabwe. Right. And they were telling me that, you know, they were on a missionary trip and they were quite boastful. hmm We are missionaries, we lead anything. Right. So they posted a bit about this. Right. So they ended up going somewhere and they were offered lizards to eat. And they didn't want to eat lizards, but how could they go back in the word? huh. You know, so you have to be careful what.
0: I did end up eating them, yeah. They eat
1: them all, but they're sick after. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll teach him. <laughs> boastful humility.
1: You know, but like there, there's a recent word, 2014, asking through a difficult time. A man from another country, which is used in gifts, sent me this message and know this that you are not alone. He has always been with you. Just yield yourself. Thirsty that you have is for His glory, and is to uplift your ministry. Bottles are over, over, and I speak it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was 2014. Amen. You know, so like God has spoke to me many, many different times, Uh, but you still have doubts. You see, let me let me say it like this, Ryan. You know, even a preacher can have doubts. God can visit you, God can use you and you can have doubts and people say well how, how could a man have doubts when he's seen people saved, people healed but you can have do you know why? you know what the scripture shows us really cl- clearly John the Baptist John the Baptist came with a message mm-hmm. John the Baptist knew on whom you see the spirit and this is the Christ
0: mm-hmm.
1: right John knew that John said, Behold, the Lamb of God will take away the sin of the world. He, he's cried it out. He preached. The, he forerunned Christ. He came in the spirit of Elijah. Jesus himself preached that. In Matthew 11, that John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. But yet that same John the Baptist when he was put in jail had doubts.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Could he said, Go and send a message.
0: To see if this is the Christ.
1: Is this the one or do yeah. I look for another? Yeah. But this is the same man. That preached this as a Christ. Mm -hmm. That saw the cloud coming over him. The Spirit coming on him like a dove. This is the Mm -hmm. same man. So no matter how God uses a man. You can have doubts. Because you're only human at the end of the day. That's why we need the Lord every day. We need his presence. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us. To guide us every single step of the way.
0: Sure look at uh, Thomas. The doubter. Christ was standing in front of him. And until... He actually put his finger into the wounds, the pierced hands, and into his side. Only then did he believe. That's right. Thomas the Dyder and he seen Christ. So how, how more is it amazing is it that we haven't even seen Christ? There's actually there's, there's a song uh with a, a a sentence in it. I don't even know if it's scriptural or whether it's you know, just been added to the song, but it says though I have not seen him. My heart knows him well. And even though we haven't even seen Christ. It's clear to see that within you and your testimony and your fire that you have for God. And you know you just shine Christ. That even though you haven't seen the Lord. No one has seen the Lord. Yet your heart knows him well. And through his Holy Spirit as well. Brings us closer to to god and to christ and he speaks to us through his holy spirit and just as we said through pastor mcconnell and through these women and through all these different signs and wonders which have been prophesied to you over the yeah. years yeah. um well, you hear people saying about uh to prostrate onto the ground on the ground with your face in the ground and when's the last time you cried when's the last time you shed tears does this mean that God's not going to answer prayers unless you have, uh, unless you let out these tears and you've cried your last tear and these big prayers and, or can will God still answer? Does it say in the Bible about God hears the inward cry louder than the, the audible?
1: In absolutely. Man, God will hear a whisper, and sometimes people have kind of tears of emotion. That doesn't mean it's faith. Uh huh tears it can be tears of emotion it doesn't actually mean it's faith
0: right
1: you know whether it's tears or not tears if God knows the heart you see
0: yeah
1: if that heart's genuine God can see in the man's heart the Bible says the heart's desperately wicked above all things couldn't you know could it. have somebody crying like a baby and they're hypocrite right. but God can see their heart yeah you give it another man he doesn't shed a tear but he's genuine huh. and whether he prays five minutes or an hour God knows his heart hmm. the thief of the cross didn't pray long Mm. but the Lord heard him
0: yeah.
1: if it's coming from a genuine heart you know but as for someone that's coming into the ministry and wants to be in the ministry you know I know for myself when I started and I believe God called me and everything and I was at home I used to spend Friday nights in my, in my, up in my bedroom just waiting on God reading the word of God and I'm a big believer in studying mm-hmm. I know people don't believe in that well that for me it's not scriptural right I believe the Bible says study to show yourself approved and ministered rightly about the word of God. I believe any preacher should be studying yeah. and waiting on God and there's no quick fix for the anointing of God. I believe it's a waiting on God, a life committed to God and God deals with every one of us. We're all at different levels, you know, uh and even even you know as we get older, maybe some people can get get away from where they used to be. God can stir us to bring us back to them places. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just the Lord has to be at the center of everything. You know, He has to be at the center of everything. It's all trials and all we have, but the Lord has to be at the center.
0: Amen. Um. So you said there, like. If these people don't believe in studying, what do they believe in then? Just being led by the Spirit or what do they believe in? Well,
1: there is the extreme, you say. What? Where people think, you know, there was meetings years ago got to, to, to extreme where people didn't even think they needed to preach out of the Bible. Yeah. Everything was a Spirit. Yeah. They didn't need the Bible.
0: Well, not that I, well, I don't want to criticize it, but I don't know. I don't even want to get into it much. But Bill Johnson <laughs> from Bathall, you know what, Bathall? over in Reading absolute nonsense in my eyes um, but he doesn't even use a Bible he says he gets all inspiration from God and he wouldn't open the Bible at all But so
1: my, my view is different my inspiration comes from the Bible that is yeah. Christ is the word
0: yeah but sure look at the stuff that's going on there anyway Kundalini Spirit prayer tunnels honey boils that's I don't know I don't even want to go down that route but we'll stay away from, no. from that path Um. So, let's just continue. I think the 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 theme of obviously this is based around the gospel, but I, I want to talk a bit more about your missionary work and about like where all you'd went to. So you'd mentioned you'd been to uh, Kenya, uh, Uganda, Australia, Zimbabwe, Nigeria, Czechoslovakia, Switzerland, California, Holland, Holland anywhere else?
1: Holland you know I went uh, I used to go to Scotland till a convention for Pastor Ron Worthick. Ron went on to be with the Lord a few years ago. Ron really helped me a lot when we first started our church and really helped us out you know. Uh, really nice, nice man, godly man, very sincere. Uh, I used to go and preach for him a lot and then I met other contacts but i remember that one of the first times going to preach in holland and uh norway like in norway and uh, it was really really difficult ryan you know uh, get up to preach and i just didn't feel it's getting away with and plus when you go and you need an interpreter it's very very hard you know yeah but the pastor's white daughter had a real bad skin condition and she'd been to different doctors and she, she couldn't get better of it And the Lord healed her in, the, in that service Right Completely healed her And the next morning her skin was like brand new Her whole face was perfect
0: What, what was wrong with She it had a just... real
1: like, condition on her
0: face Right okay
1: Noticeable condition Really lovely woman But right. this was a real bad condition over her face the right. Skin condition okay. And the Lord healed her In that very first service Amen And when she got healed That broke That broke the Whether it was there was like walls up or whatever but that broke it and then we really had powerful services and people got saved people began to get saved in their meetings right and then i was asked back several times after that and then i met another pastor in norway and preached for him and you know let me me tell you this testimony Yeah. yeah uh my wife's uh auntie was married to the pastor Roger Caudry in Wales and I remember going to Wales to preach and I hadn't seen Roger for quite a time Roger just recently went on to be with the Lord and uh, I remember going to preach in Wales and uh, preached in Wales and I really felt strongly at the end of the service that God was going to heal somebody with a shoulder problem right and I said you know that somebody with a shoulder problem the Lord's going to heal you and the, one of the elders' daughters reached her arm up and the Lord healed her right on the spot. And the, they invited me back about a week later and I went back a week later and same thing again at the end of the service. And I said, I, I know it's really strange, but I feel the same thing again. And her own dad had a problem with his shoulder and God healed him as well. Right. And then I remember in Norway, as I told that testimony. There was a woman when I was going out of the service that night. She began to cry, and the Lord healed her. When I told them testimonies, she was healed. She had a shoulder problem, and the Lord healed her as well. And I tell you, God, God's able to do anything. God's able to do anything. You know, in that that church in Norway, the pastor was telling me they had a woman that was blind over there for years. Right. She could read, she could read, you know what blind people can read. She had been blind a lifetime, and God healed her. Amen. Just a couple of years back, he completely healed her. And he, he she received her sight back. And you know, Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. forever. Amen. He's a Savior and a healer. And a baptizer in the Holy Ghost.
0: Oh, and soon coming king.
1: And the soon coming king, you know. And uh The Lord's able, Ryan, you know, so at at good meetings in Norway, in uh, Switzerland, I preached as well. uh, And, you know, let let me tell you as well, this outstanding testimony for me, I I think really, maybe this is one of the best miracles I've saw, Mm -hmm. because of what came out of it. Right. And in Zimbabwe, I went to one church, then the next time i went back they united with another church so you had harare in zimbabwe and a place called gueru and um, the church in gueru united with a church in machingo and they had a convention of maybe 1500 people at that that convention that's not really overly big in africa and um, but i remember I, I preached a lot of services they baptized 100 new conversions at the end of them services but one night, really, really late in the service, and I was exhausted. It must have been 12 o'clock. And they called me outside and they said, There's a woman outside with a very powerful demon. And they, they, none of the, they just couldn't get the demon out of this woman. Right. She manifested a really powerful demon. And I remember going out. And when I went out, ran. this is all I can tell you, brother, with that presence that came to me in the jail. That same presence met me on the corner. Right. As I went out to to this woman, that presence came to me at the corner of the building. And as I approached her, a voice spoke out of that woman. And that voice said, I've been here since she's a young woman and I'm not coming out. Mm -hmm. And I prayed for her and cast the devils out of her. And that woman was a really old woman. An old woman. She must have been in her 70s. And she had her snuff pouch with her, tobacco with her at church. She lived up in the mountains and she went back home to the mountains. And the brothers decided they would visit her. And because they visited her and the neighbours saw such a change on her, they came to her house where the brothers from the church visited. And from that one woman's deliverance, there's a church there today. Amen. From one woman's getting delivered by the power of God.
0: Praise the Lord. Amazing brother. Um what what would you say what was what differences was there in each mis- each missionary trip that you went to or did you learn something new on, on every single trip or was it you know was each missionary trip like stood out in, in a different way? Did God equip you with different things that you needed for each trip, you know?
1: Every place is different, you know, it's different cultures. Africa is totally different from America. Yeah. Uh, You know, and And Norway is totally different again. They're very laid back. Norway, the people in general wouldn't be very open to worship, really. They wouldn't be? No. No, not in my opinion. Like
0: where? Where's that in Norway? Norway, right? You know,
1: the more reserved. Let me say right. it like that. A bit like the Germans. Uh huh, right. The more reserved. for Africa, the worship's fantastic. Yeah. We don't have worship like it.
0: Yeah.
1: The singing and the worship in Africa. It's, it's, you know, let me let me tell you this about Africa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the first things you know, uh, when I got there. Now they, these people were going through a time with Mugabe where, where they, were, they didn't have very much and the pastor said we're going to meet in the morning at six o'clock for a prayer meeting. Yeah. And I thought, you know, who, who's going to come to a prayer meeting at six o'clock? Yeah. And Ryan, the next morning at six o'clock, the women came with the children on their backs. Amen. they tie the children on their backs on blankets and they came at six o'clock in the morning And they knelt on a concrete floor. And they don't pray like we pray here. We have a culture where you pray and I wait and then I pray. They they don't pray like that.
0: They pray all together. They pray at once. Amen.
1: So if there's a hundred or a thousand, they all pray at once. Amen. And they began to pray and it was like a beehive. That's the only way I can describe it, like a beehive. And they began to pray and the place shook. You know, and and a great man of God said, he said, when God's people... Humble themselves and fall on their face and pray. Yep. God is obligated to move.
0: I'd love to see that.
1: God is under obligation to move. That's what He said, and I can guarantee you, God moved in them meetings. People were healed and saved in every service, and they couldn't get them stop praying. Mm-hmm. And how they got them stop praying? Here, it's hard to get people started praying. Over there, they couldn't get them stop praying, and the song leaders would sing songs to get them stop praying, but they could pray like that for two hours.
0: Amen. Yeah,
1: and, uh, things that used to happen here in the old Pentecostal circles was all-night prayer meetings. We don't hear of that no more. See, we have so many Christians today and they complain about God's not moving. Yeah. But how many times do they have an all-night prayer meeting now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not interested. Yeah. They want to click their fingers and get God to move, but there's a price to be paid.
0: Yeah.
1: In Africa, that all-night prayer meeting's regular. they go and fast for 30 days in the mountains and seek God fast and are sincere with God and they Uh want God to move and God moves you know and uh you know probably you know when you come home I will say from my point of view when I come home from some of the trips I think people thought the stuff's exaggerated you know because we're maybe not saying it here so they think it's exaggerated yeah you know but you can only tell what you see yeah you know but that was some of the outstanding things was the praying you know it was really fantastic the praying, uh as well you know the 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 there's no limit in the time there in a service yeah i find here that people here have they don't like too long of a service but in Africa that's uh, there's no
0: such thing as too long of a service i would totally uh, believe that 100% i i think like where we are here, and um, even in America, we have everything at our hands. We have complete luxuries. We can wait right, once to get get a uh, finished church, or oh, will, uh, maybe some Christians. Like I'm not condemning anybody, but people could go and you know do or some hobbies or go and play a bit of sport or go and do whatever, or maybe teenagers or even adults. Maybe go and play the PlayStation or Xbox or whatever it is. Again, I'm not condemning people. But over in Africa, they don't have very much. They don't have anything. So for them to be in the presence of God, that's the greatest thing that they could possibly have on that day or any day is Mm -hmm. to be in the Lord's presence and they don't want to leave it. Um, I went down with a group of folk down to Dublin city centre and um, there was two guys had got the train down early that morning and then there was uh, another group that we were meeting them all down there and they would already started to preach on the uh, they didn't have any instruments they were just playing music through youtube um maybe with some words bit of vocals or maybe just instrumental and the uh, people would have done you know, maybe like solos or just everybody just sing along. Maybe some of us didn't even have a note in our head, but we sung anyway. As I said before we started, and not worship. Pick our tambourine up, the egg shakers, and we'll sing a joyful noise on the Lord. But whenever, whenever we were, uh, whenever we arrived, the these people had music playing, and I just believed between the praying on the preaching, on the the worship, it had set holy ground. And when we arrived, I was nervous the whole way down. I actually felt sick the whole way down with, with nerves and I don't know what, what else. But when I ke- just came around the corner and I seen that the Lord was there, on that street corner and just up the street, you know, they were all spread out, handing out tracks, and people were happy. The people down there weren't happy to see us, but the born again christians that were down there were happy because the presence of the lord was there so we we were there and um there was the uh there was the black black people had came around i don't know where what uh country they were from or whatever but when they came down they worshiped and they they had rhythm and they were dancing and they were singing and uh i had a tambourine and they picked the tambourine up and they were amazing on the tambourine and just whenever you were saying there about them worshipping and praying and about whenever they prayed it was like a beehive and everything. I got a glimpse of that Um, down there. I think there was maybe about seven uh, young girls, teenagers and uh, even a bit older and they were down there and they would put us to shame the way they worshipped, just worshipping in the spirit and as i loved it i i got a real blessing from them coming down just to stand with us for they actually came down and they were there for maybe about 15 minutes and then they went on and then they came back uh not that long later and we were still there obviously and they just loved it and we got them back onto the microphone and singing and it really helped encourage us more and bless us more and the people down there were looking at us as if with 10 heads and we got some grief and get across that border and all no one wants us down here. You are breaking covid restrictions and all this stuff and um we just took it as uh an attack the, the, the police eventually came and moved us on and we just wanted to keep the peace. You would know, be down there for a couple of hours and um would would set holy ground down there and then there was people from down there, born again Christians, who grew up Catholic, they came and they took over and um I haven't done missionary work um people could say you know you you don't have to actually travel to you know these foreign countries and these third world countries to do missionary work if the lord's put it on you to to go down south or to go over to england would you classify that still as a missionary missionary I mean, you're a
1: missionary in your own garden right here
0: yeah.
1: town really you know yeah but uh i suppose that's guess the problem is really a prophet has no honor in his own city
0: right you know and
1: that's the bit of the thing really you know when you grow like jesus himself he grew up with him and they didn't they didn't really know who he was right he grew up in nazareth that's what it says they didn't they said he's just a carpenter's son we know him right we know him and sometimes you people can get that familiar with you but you can take that same man and put him out in another country and god can use him Mm because there's no familiarity familiarity breeds contempt you know, and that's that's the thing. It's fresh. You know the uh, one, the biggest church in Zimbabwe I preached in had close to four thousand in the congregation.
0: What? see.
1: Yeah, and one when one service ran, there was three hundred and fifty conversions in one service. Like uh, people that came forward to pray the sinner's prayer in one service was three hundred and fifty, and like there was there was four thousand in that one church. You couldn't see the back of the congregation. It was massive.
0: was that many people came forward?
1: Yep, there there was 350 came for salvation in one service
0: At once, just all at once? Yep,
1: came right across the front of the whole church
0: Praise the Lord And they get
1: saved and as many came for healing and you know You can pray for people over there and the line doesn't, you think it's never going to stop, maybe 500 people line up Right Well you pray for 500 people by yourself like one afternoon
0: You? Aye. you you were yep. um, did they have like pastors over there assistant there's, there's pastors, pastors
1: and everything but because you're a visitor, utilators and stuff like. That. you know they're they're wanting a touch from the man of God you know right. what I mean and that's the way they look at it and yeah. God healed so many people from different ailments and different things like Yeah. You know, the, you know it's hard to even judge it all and you know that was meant to be one of my last services that year
0: mm-hmm.
1: in that church and once I finished the pastor said we're having another service in half an hour Right. well, we, like African time, about two hours passed and we had another service and 50 more people came to Front for Salvation. Amen. There was more people come into the church off the streets. And you see, when all people's under starvation and they don't have the televisions and the luxuries we have, mm-hmm. they're hungry for God. We're mm-hmm. not hungry for God. Let's yeah. be honest, like, honestly, mm-hmm. we're not hungry for God. We're spoiled. Yeah. We're not hungry for 100%. God. You can't get people out of their bed to go to church. Mm. Over there, they'll come to church in bare feet. They'll walk five miles down the road in bare feet with a child in their back to come to church. You know, and God sees that like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a boxer once said, a famous boxer once said, when he was a world champion and he lay on floorboards and he had nothing, only an old mattress, he was a world champion. Mm. But when he had silk sheets and silk pajamas, he lost the title. Yeah. He would nothing to fight for no more.
0: Yeah. He'd got it Lost all. Lost that hunger.
1: And I'm telling you, God's people, if my people and humble themselves and fast and pray, they will hear from heaven. And you know, and and you know, the other thing is, as well, the gospel's only in Africa about a hundred years. It's not in Africa like it is as long here. Mm. So it's still fresh. God's moving in them countries. We have a concept sometimes, and we groups and churches that God's not doing nothing. Mm-hmm. God is moving while we're speaking all over the world. Amen. The Spirit of God's moving. There's revival happening in places we don't know about. God mm-hmm. is always moving, you know. But we have a we we you know we're He's infinite. We're finite, you know. He's Almighty God, and none is He going to He's not putting loss on it. He's going to get every single one the Father's given. You know, he's paid for them. He's paid the full price for them. Amen. You know, and that's the ultimate goal for any Christian is the coming of the Lord, and the ultimate goal for any one of us wants to serve God. Everybody's not called to be a preacher or a minister or anything like that, mm-hmm. but we still need to make an effort for the kingdom of God. Amen. Get behind a man that's doing it. If you can't do it yourself, get behind a man that's doing it.
0: Yeah. Amen. You know what Amen I mean? Amen. That yes. Don't talk Definitely. about him. Pray for him. Yeah.
1: You know and, and get behind throw yourself into the work of god completely in it like people like we're living in a society today for are sponsored to do full-time sports they don't need to work They give up their job mm. people give up the job to play football people give up the job to lift weights at the olympic to do the high jump whatever mm. sport it is now they give their job up they're sponsored yeah that's what you know all these different things they raise money to sponsor them Oh, and, you
0: know, God's people, they need to get behind the work of God. Amen. Definitely. Um, You you remember you were saying there about the the people that sounded like a beehive because they all prayed at the one time. I've actually heard stories about Whitewell used to be like that. Well, I don't know what it's like now, but the when the, the people who, loads of people who told me this was whenever they were actually attending the Whitewell Church. And their prayer meetings would have had like maybe 300 people in it maybe more it could be more I don't know but there there wasn't well there could have been people just praying individually but more often than not it was there was could have been a hundred people praying at once
1: but over the years in this country uh, Ryan we have had moves of God there's no doubt about it like William Mullen William Mullen a Baptist minister used to have 500 attend his midweek Bible studies in Lurgan. right 500 that's what attended us midweek.
0: Right.
1: You know, and Whitewell would have been the same if you didn't go to, you know, when when Whitewell was going at his peak, if you didn't get in on time on a Sunday night, if you didn't night. go early, you wouldn't get a seat. Right. You know, Ian Paisley, when Ian Paisley were at his peak, when he was preaching the gospel, when there was no politics and he preached the gospel, he used to take meetings in Orange Halls. My father used to go to them. Right. And they'd say, if you didn't get a park early, you wouldn't get in. They were packed. Right. God was moving, God was moving in them days, but people now, you know, there's no effort, there has to be an effort, there has to be a hunger, there has to be a desire for God to move.
0: You were saying there about you wouldn't get a seat, but would you go in and just stand there throughout the whole meeting then?
1: Well, what I mean, if you didn't get early, you'd be too late to get a seat. Right, okay. You know, there's not many churches like that now. Yeah. No problem getting a seat like.
0: Ah, why? There's a lot of the seats are empty
1: lot of seats are empty now and then these covid rules they want some are yeah it's totally all against to the whole thing isn't it
0: and they're trying to tell tell you when you can worship what time you can worship how you can worship you have to if to wear a mask to worship you have to do all these it'll probably be uh, if you haven't got your vaccine you'll not be able to come together and worship on
1: you know what well, you know maybe i should
0: share this you know and
1: I'm, well maybe I have to go. <laughs> you know uh I got COVID myself, I really did get COVID myself and at the start we closed the service down and I got COVID myself. My brother had it just before me. He rang me and then the next day I wasn't feeling well. He was really bad and he had COVID, I had COVID and you know I made contact, there's a fella from Liberia in Africa called. Samuel, Samuel's his first name, and brother Samuel and his wife are real prayer warriors, and they rang me, ran, they rang me on the phone, and I told them I'd got COVID, and they said, well, we're going to pray for you right now, and they began to pray for me on the phone, and then I told them my brother had it as well. He wasn't even in the same room. He was in a different house in a different town. Right. But they prayed for him. They prayed for me, and the next morning I was healed. Amen. God healed me of COVID. And I got my taste back and everything in a couple of days. My brother was the same. So, you know, I do believe COVID, there is COVID. But I believe that Jesus Christ is the cure for any ailment. The Bible says, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And with his wounds, stripes, we were healed. Amen. 1 Peter 2.24 says, he his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree that we been dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose wounds stripes we were healed. So Jesus Christ is our healer. Everybody's basing everything on scientists. But yet the Bible tells us don't heed heed scientists so foolishly called. People are putting the scientists above the word of God. For me that's a mistake. Uh, There's truth in a lot of maybe what the scientists are saying. But the word of God has to be the foundation for everything.
0: Amen. Amen. So you need to make a move, do you? Soon? No, need to go. What? Soon. No, that oh that's Um what do you call it? So we're gonna just do do wee things. We can sit and talk all day. Honestly. Yeah, I I, I I definitely believe, right, there's no podcast that I've done has been any better than any other one, right? Because everybody has their own message to bring. The Holy Spirit leads the podcast in a different way. Um I try not to to um get ahead or i just hope but just pray that uh, every every question and everything that's said is le- spirit led um so i don't know I, i've really enjoyed this podcast talking about missionary work and
1: you know i maybe should sure ryan there's a woman contacted me online you know during the lockdown from right? america right and uh, I, I had her name and all on my phone and uh, her husband was really bad with Covid he was really really ill on a machine a breathing apparatus she asked for prayer right. we prayed on the line on the over the airwaves and God healed him God healed that man and you know I rang her and she says to me Tom my husband is out working at the Jeep outside he's home and he's well and he's out working on the jeep outside she then caught it herself and she asked for prayer she said I never asked for prayer for myself but I'm asking for myself I'm really feeling bad and she said I don't know uh, for how much longer i have be in contact with this phone because they were taking her into hospital and everything and the Lord touched her as well and raised her up Amen. God completely raised her up and God can do it God is a healer
0: no God is able to do it Amen I'm sure you, If, I'm sure you could uh, keep on with more stories um, and I've really enjoyed hearing these stories uh, not stories just um, he- hearing your testimony of um, healings deliverance your missionary work the uh, the gifts, um, the gospel, people who have uh, came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, backsliders being restored, people encouraged, and I really enjoyed this. I don't even like to call it an episode. I've really enjoyed this podcast of God's loving, saving, keeping grace. Um, I like to finish up with uh, quick fire questions. I call it. Um it's basically what comes to mind whenever I mention mention a couple of these uh, topics, right? So as I said, you can give one word answer or just whatever. Um and we'll just we'll just make a restart. So if I was to mention prayer in one word or just whatever what what comes to mind for you
1: pray without ceasing
0: pray without ceasing amen worship
1: worship in spirit and truth
0: amen god is a spirit knows that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth Um, fellowship we need it breaking bread
1: i must if i can you know I know it's difficult now, but it, it's really, it's really someone that reminds us of Christ and the cross. I think it's really important. You know, it's hard to do it with a if you don't have a building or with these rules we have in place. I know a lot of them's lifting, but it'd be nice to get back to communion.
0: Amen. Um, the gifts.
1: I believe they don't cease. I believe we should not speak against the gifts. And I really believe that that is a big lack of teaching on it and understanding on it. We need the gifts of the Spirit. I believe that God never takes away the adds to.
0: Amen.
1: So we need the gifts.
0: Um, Deliverance? Ministry?
1: We, we should be crying out for it. As a church and I mean the body of Christ should be praying for deliverance ministry and uh, i think it's a ministry that's uh, not much left of it today there's very few people who would have a real deliverance ministry but it's definitely needed in the body of christ
0: amen i don't know if this would come under it maybe maybe it goes hand in hand um healing ministry
1: definitely needed you know when you read of uh orl roberts jack co a l john g lake william Branham. Smith's Wigglesworth, the Jeffrey brothers. Yeah. I'll tell you a man that probably a lot of people's never heard of was a man called James McCone. James McCone was from these own shores in Antrim. Right. God used him out in Ghana and he saw uh, thousands of churches started, thousands of churches started. That man did and he's hardly even known about. Mightly used to God. But the Jeffrey brothers prayed for him as a young man. The same as the dead were Reinhard Bonke.
0: Amen. Amen. I can remember who was telling me about James McKeown. I think it might have been Tom Quinn. I think he would have mentioned Tom, uh, William Branham, and James McKeown, and Oral Roberts as well. Yeah. Um, the Gospel.
1: It's the truth, and the salvation, it's the power of God, the real. You can't have the power of God without the Gospel. But I uh, will say, Ryan, in this. Some people are only preaching a bit of the gospel—they're mm-hmm. not preaching the full gospel. Right. They're preaching a bit of it, but not the full gospel. Right. We must present it like it is in the Book of Acts—the
0: mm-hmm.
1: full gospel. Paul demonstrated it. Peter and John demonstrated it. You know, and uh, God does a miracle like it's louder than a thousand words, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've heard so many people say in my two and a half years of being saved that they no longer uh, listen to people on what they're going to do, it's actions actions speak louder than words and they watch they sit and watch and they wait um, for you shall know them by their fruits, so many people and I'm not saying like even myself, I've been guilty of it we we can uh, talk the talk but do we do we walk it do we live it do we breathe it um on um yeah
1: all them men that god used were consecrated On there's one key right there is one key and if you ever read or a story there's nine things god told him not to do and he took one of them to his grave And nobody knows what the ninth one is
0: right
1: he never told nobody but i can guarantee you one of them's holiness.
0: Right. Who who was that? A al. Right.
1: And one of them is definitely holiness and we must our lives must be holy. Yeah. We must live godly. Does
0: this is, it says it says in the word about um it says in the word about uh just paraphrasing that if you have knowledge not to keep it to yourself. That's right. About the gospel, about anything especially if you're a teacher that you have to give an an account of God to everything about what you have preached and what you haven't preached so if you're withholding uh, the gospel if you're only preaching a half gospel and you're only you're only uh, preaching half it and you're withholding information you'll have to stand in front of God and give an account of why did you say where did you not say this or why didn't you say this to that person and you withheld that bit whenever maybe my spirit had urged you to say this and to say that would you agree with that yeah
1: well paul said i withheld nothing from you
0: mm-hmm.
1: but i had not hid from you the full counsel of god and he said it didn't come with excellency of speech or enticing words among wisdom but in the parent demonstration of the holy ghost amen you know it was certainly all of us we can't had we need more demonstration like you know, we, we can't we have a wand for it now. We can't click our fingers, and yeah. criti- criticizing won't produce it. Talking behind other brothers' backs won't produce it. Yeah. It'll have to be people that's living godly, and waiting on God. Yeah. And praying for God to move.
0: Yeah. See, what that, what, what I, I would come under that as well. Like, you know, if I'm if I'm stepping out for God. And I um doing this wee podcast. I know it's only a couple of microphones and a laptop and an you know, interface and stuff. It's only a wee sort of home studio set up. You know, like, could I come under, like, I, every man, myself included, I have a bit of a ministry going here. If I'm stepping out for God and I'm taking God's name, not in vain, I'm taking God's name and I'm, I am I want to live it and I, I want to take on God's name, you know you hear people saying about you talk god's name in vain like a swear word and whatever but when ken actually explained it during the sermon a couple of weeks ago when he said like as a swear word yes it does mean that but it's like when you take on god's name you're his bride it's like it's Back like jesus christ yeah when you take on uh you say it to your to a girl that you want to marry when when you marry or get engaged and you want to marry you it's like saying to this woman if you are being my wife i want you to live up to my name live up to 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 my name and yeah. i'll live up to your name as well and on sort of like you're keeping god's standards and you're keeping That's his right. commandments and you're keeping everything and um i have to remember as well you know i'm putting podcasts out like this here i i don't want to be a hypocrite i want to live the, the gospel i want to live uh, holy i want to live over this and um like yes, we're we're in the flesh. We do live in the flesh. We're we're in a fallen world, but we're to strive, we're to aim for holiness. Um That's
1: right, uh, Jesus says as my father sent me, so send I you.
0: Yeah. And we're born of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Yeah. I've definitely found that from stepping out and doing this podcast that I've had the up the mark that I know this is nothing of me, I have to be obedient. You know, it, it's the Holy Spirit, well,
1: it is a ministry, brother.
0: Yeah, I have to be, ob- I have to be obedient. You know, That's we're right. gonna fall, we're all gonna fall. F- for if I was to never mess up, then I would basically be Christ. There would be no reason for Christ to come and down the cross, we'll never be perfect, but we're to strive. We're, to we're complete in him, like. yeah. He, yeah. The,
1: the Bible says, Sin shall not have dominion over you. Mm-hmm. So that's because it's just Christ, it's now your head, you know, you can overcome through him. Yeah. He's your peace. He's broken down the Middle Mall of the Partition. You have that advocate Mm -hmm. with the Father through Jesus Christ.
0: Well, we'll just close with this then. What, what advice would you give? See that this wee podcast and I pray that God does use more people to do something like this doesn't matter what your ministry is whether it's um uh, cleaning the the house of the lord or welcoming people in at the door or doing a podcast or being an evangelist or whatever your calling might be in the worship team and even for the likes of like an online ministry something like this because it goes out online maybe i'll think about maybe get getting some of these podcasts um burnt on the CDs and maybe do a bit of outreach. Um. So what? What would your, uh, what would your advice be if there was anybody looking to get into you know, this sort of thing that I'm doing now, podcasts? Well, stuff.
1: I suppose they need to know it's God's will. You know. Yeah. The Lord's obviously led you to do it. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. God's led you down the road to do it, and you know it's like a stone wall. Every brick's different in that wall. Every stone actually is different in a stone wall you'll not find two stones the same in a stone wall but if you take one out that wall is not complete Mm -hmm. so like you've said yourself you need every ministry then there's helps and there's governments and there's gifts as well as ministries and you need everything and you know uh, you know it's like a man said you mightn't have the faith to do certain things but don't stop the man that has the faith Mm. get behind him
0: Amen I really like that you know you've said that a couple of times throughout the podcast and I really like that Definitely, definitely. It's it's also important that um, and I've heard this mentioned a few times as well that uh, like people would say, oh, I don't listen to him because I don't like him. I I don't I don't like him as a, a man or like her. But uh, like I don't believe in in women women preachers taking the main service, but they can take obviously the women's meetings. But it's not about the man; it's about the message
1: that's right it's about it's about the man yeah the man christ, Jesus. christ. yeah that's yeah. it their message has to be about him you know yeah and the women certainly can operate gifts and stuff you know and plus any pastor needs to go to the backbone of him's his wife really if god calls him man, he calls his wife yeah that's one thing for sure amen you know that's the strength behind some great man's uh, the wife
0: the wife yeah
1: a good woman is a jewel on a man's crown, a bad one's water in his blood. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a it's a good woman's a virtue
0: to a man. Pastor Ken's wife, she would say, you know, the the man is the head of the home, and the woman's the heart of the home.
1: Ah oh, well, that's nice. That's good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So yes, we'll bring bring it to a close. We could sit and talk all day and all night on yep. what. A, we could sit and talk till we have to go to church tomorrow, um. But no, it's been great, and we've covered a, a lot of topics there. Um, very interesting. So a lot. I'm gonna listen to it back. Um, and I hate listening to myself, but I'm gonna listen back to some of the stuff that you've said there. You've give some wisdom, some insight, and just pray that it's going to speak to people, it's going to bless, and it's going to encourage. Um. And we'll just we'll just close and weep word of prayer in jesus name our lord jesus christ eternal heavenly father holy spirit thank you lord for dying on the cross lord for filthy wretched guilty sinners hell to serving sinners like me and tom lord thank you lord yes, jesus. that this is the day that the lord has made and we are rejoicing we have rejoiced with prayer and with worship lord and we're thankful for the food that we had this morning. The fellowship. We're thankful for the testimonies that that uh, Tom and myself have through you, Lord, yes, through Jesus. your blood, through the cross, Lord, through your love, and Lord, there's no words to describe how much we love you and we adore you. And just like that song was saying, uh, "Lord, I give you my heart. Uh, I live for you alone." this is my desire lord and thank you lord that you've put a desire in tom's heart lord to serve you You you've put a desire in his heart to surrender everything over to you and lord i believe this is why you're moving through him you're moving through his ministry lord because he's obedient to your word lord and he preaches the full gospel lord and i thank you lord for the uh the the wisdom that you've given lord the knowledge that you've given and the understanding of your holy writ lord of your scriptures lord and uh, i thank you lord for putting it on his heart to come on this podcast Uh he's blessed me and he's encouraged me and i just love listening to people where there's there's no nonsense where you're not going round the hill and round the mountain and it's just he's a, he's a straight talker and it's a blessing it's just a, a freshness uh I just said I thank you for him Lord Lord I, I pray again for this uh, ministry Lord that he has Omega ministries and I th- thank you Lord for his wife I haven't met yes, his wife Lord Jesus. but I, I thank you Lord that you've given him a wife who has a desire to serve you Lord and is yes, like a Jesus. is like a backing a backbone uh for uh, tom tom can hold his own lord but just was as we've said there thank you lord for a godly woman lord that you've brought in this life a godly wife and we just pray lord for the entire family circle lord that if there's anybody outside of you that they'll come to know your loving saving keeping grace lord and that they will come to know uh, the peace that that passes surpasses all comprehension and all understanding lord, yes, and that they'll not uh, have to turn to to worldly desires, Lord, but that they will have everything in you, in Christ Jesus, Lord. So, Lord, just be with Tom. Uh, give him travel and mercies as he as he goes about as well, Lord. And um, I was actually just uh talking to Tom last week, and he had said that he he um kept the pigeons the racing pigeons but he said that he was giving them up because it was taking too much of his time away and lord he wants to get closer to you and spend more time with you lord and we we'll just thank you for that lord and then um, lord I just pray that with this broadcast this podcast lord work mightily lord i pray that you'll move yes, mildly jesus. lord won't won't you flow through this land tell every man praises your name lord tell every tongue confesses that jesus christ is yes, lord and every jesus. knee is bowed lord and we just ask these things in the precious mighty lovely name of the lord jesus christ amen amen Amen.